Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. They're here. Come to Freddy. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. Nobody trusts anybody now. We're all very tired. We'll tear your soul apart. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm a fan of the new intro. Like our October intro. Have you listened to it yet? Have you listened to the podcast? Oh, I'll put you on the spot now. Let's see if you actually listen to the show. No, I have not listened to one of the October episodes. <gasps> you have. Oh. I have not listened to the new with intro. With the scary I will, intro? I will do that today. Oh, man. Okay. I like the new scary. I'm happy with the new scary intro. In fact, I just want it to be October all the time, just so we can keep that one. If you're wondering why the heck my voice sounds like this, it's because I'm sick. <laughs> and I got started to get sick the other day. And I'm sitting and, uh, as far away as this little table will allow because yes. I can't afford to get sick right now. If we had a, a sheet of um, transparent aluminum, that would be helpful. That would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Come yeah. We should invent that. We should. Yeah. Um, I will say, it sounds like your podcast uh, uh, theme song game is pretty high. A shout out to another podcast, The Greatest Generation. Oh, yeah, yeah. They do, they're in the Deep Space Nine portion of their show now. Yes. Mm-hmm. So... The mashup they did of their original intro and throwing Deep Space Nine in, it sounds very similar to what you've done. They did nice. some auto-tuning and some... It, it puts us up there. You know, you're, nice. you're raising our production game. I like it. Well, someone's got to, because Lord knows I'm not. Do what we can on a... Is there What's less than a shoestring budget? <laughs> so like, a, like a, a thread? Like on a, a penny. Penny. Penny budget. Um... So, yes, yeah, so you have come to the 30-something movie podcast. Um, again, I, I probably sound a little weird because I'm sick and I'm losing my voice. Um, so that's where we're at. This actually came in handy the other day, though, because I was walking past. Uh, we're, we're teachers, if you haven't uh, listened to our show before. And uh, this is Bo. Yo. There he is. And I'm John. And uh, the other guys are out right now because it's kind of like the end of cross-country season. We're all teachers and coaches, and so we're all over the place right now. Uh, and Jeff has a new baby. So he's probably taking care of the baby. Um, Hi, Jeff. And doing his dad thing. So I bet he's listened to the intro. He's probably listened to the intro several times. I know, you know a, a good co-host that listens to the actual show that they're on. Thanks a lot. I just haven't listened oh. to anything from October. It's, it's, fine. it's, it's fine. only the 17th I'd like to do. Okay. Whatever. You want to um, see my backlog of podcasts, buddy? <laughs> I, you, you keep your backlog to yourself, Okay. Keep your backlog to yourself. Um, it's going to be one of those days. No, this this voice like came in handy the other day because I was passing through one of the uh, hallways at one of our middle schools, and one of the English teachers who I used to teach with, she kind of like pops out of her room. She's like, oh, you're here. You love Edgar Allan Poe, don't you? I'm like, I'm... does a bear, you know, yeah. in the woods? And, uh, and, and, and I didn't say that in front of the children, but you well, know, it's, it came, yeah. went through my mind. And she's like, "Well, we're doing the Raven today. Would you you want to come in and and like help me talk about it with the kids?" And I was like, "Hold on now. <laughs> yes, let me put my stuff down." So I go into the room with her, 
And she's trying to get, she had some recordings set up for the kids. She was going to do either the Vincent Price narration or the James Earl Jones narration. She didn't even know about the Christopher Walken one, which I told her about, which is phenomenal. James um, Earl gets my vote mm-hmm. most days. She, she ended up going with the Vincent Price one, but it, at a first, classic for sure, which right. is a really good. One. Um, has the benefit of having the visuals because he actually acts it out while he's while he's reading it. Um, so, at first though, the the technology is not working quite right. So she's trying to fix something, and, and she like looks over at me, and she's like, "Can you just like talk to them about tone and and, and mood and some other stuff real quick before I while I get she, this working?" She knows you're the tech coach, right? Well, yeah, but she also knows I was an English teacher. So well, yes, but she, she should have had you fixing well, that. That was my point. Again. So, yeah. You know, it's in the past, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> so I start talking to the kids, and I'm and I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to give all this away because I know that your teacher is going to have you highlight certain things to show where the, the tone and the mood and all this stuff is. And I had just started to get sick that day, and so, like, my voice was starting to go, and and the benefit of my voice, since it's already kind of a deep voice, is that when it first starts to go, I get that really nice kind of, you know, Barry White, James Earl Jones-ish kind of voice going on. When it gets really bad, which is probably what it's going to be first thing tomorrow morning, I was gonna say tomorrow morning. is uh, Kenny Rogers. I, I can do a great rendition of The Gambler when I've completely lost my voice on a cold summer's evening. Okay. Um... But so I, I'm, I'm talking with the kids about this this poem, and I'm like, okay, so I'm going to give you the first line for free. Let's talk about some of the repeating sounds and, um, you know, uh, once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered, weak and weary. And one of the kids is like, to the teacher is like, you know what, why don't you just have him read it? Uh-huh. Just have him read it. And, uh, and then I actually did another one, and it turned out to be a Vincent Price thing because she was trying to explain to them who Vincent Price was. And and they were like, right. And they were like, I don't know. And she's like, well, do you know the talking part in Thriller? How many of you guys know the song Thriller? They're like, oh, yeah. And you know the talking part in Thriller. And they're like, um, uh, and then she's like, you know, the part that goes, um, the, you know, the, uh, and and I, and all of a sudden I'm just like, darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl. and, And the kids are just like, just have him read everything. I'm like, I, Only you. If that was my day job, if my day job could just be to read things for people, sure, I'd be totally fine with that. I would love that. It would not be bad. If I could just sit around and recite Edgar Allan Poe and Vice, uh, Vincent Price all day long, sign me up. But we're not here to recite Vincent Price or we're Edgar not? Allan Poe. Oh, I mean, we could be. we're not. We could be. Um, we are here instead for Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. And if you're sitting here wondering, wait a minute, I didn't think that was 30 years ago. You, my friend, would be absolutely correct. That was not 30 years ago. That was 70 years ago. But this year we are doing a couple of those kind of milestone things. Jeff kicked it off with doing Casablanca Mm -hmm. uh, towards the end of last year. And so I looked, and when I started to look at our calendar of shows for this year, I'm like, what kind of stuff is hitting a milestone this year? And like a couple of the different things, um, you know, we had... Uh, Superman, the movie, was hitting a milestone this year, uh, 40 years. We had the Abbott and Costello was hitting 70 years. We had, um, we're going to have, uh, coming up in a couple weeks, the original Night of the Living Dead is hitting an anniversary, a 50th anniversary, I think that one is. Um, I think the original Planet of the Apes is also hitting a 50th anniversary this year. Damn you. I know. Get your hands off me. I feel like I've said that to people before. I don't know why, but... Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Um, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Sorry. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, yeah. Um, One of the best spoofs ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is... Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so there's tons of stuff hitting other milestones that are not 30 years. So we just figured that this, you know, we can throw the odd episode in here every now and then and uh, commemorate some of those big anniversaries for these movies. So this time around, since October is our Halloween Horror Movie Month, we are throwing in Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein because it's an amazing movie and it's hitting that 70-year mark this year. So that's what you've got to look forward to this episode. Very, very quickly before I go much further... We do spoil the movies that we talk about, so if you have not seen this movie, um, first of all, where have you been in the last 70 years? Right. But uh, go see it. And uh, we do spoil things, so we will be talking about the movie, we'll be talking about the story, so feel free to go back, uh, pause the podcast, go back and watch it, and then come back when you're ready. Second thing, uh, if you have not left us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, um, obviously iTunes is the big old monster in the room uh, in terms of podcasts and ratings and how podcasts you know, get heard by more people. So that would be a great way for you to support the show is to go on iTunes and leave us a review if you enjoy what you're hearing. Um, I think we are still currently, we don't have a ton of reviews, but I think we are still currently sitting in a five-star review on iTunes. So for the people who listen to the show, For enjoy anything it, I'm involved in, that's <clears throat> impressive. That's, hey, you know, I basically the only place we can go from here is down. Which, I don't, you know, probably shouldn't think of it that way, though. No, no. I don't think mm-hmm. you should. I'm going with like a glass half full kind of thing, especially <laughs> after I down it, and then I fill it back up again at least halfway. And, Good idea. Yeah. Um, and also visit our website if you want to find out more about the show if you want to interact more with us go to our website we are on all of the social medias or at least most of them there's probably another one that popped up at the last five minutes on the socials no nothing about but we're on the socials usually as 30podcast.com or that's our website but 30podcast is our handle on most of the socials um that's all I got for that stuff. Real quick, in the news, uh, there's not a whole lot of move, new movie news out right now, but the one thing I did here today is that uh, Carol Spinney is retiring. Big Bird. Yeah. The performer and the voice of Big Bird and the voice of Oscar the Grouch, <coughs> excuse me, is retiring from Sesame Street after 50 years. So apparently he is, oh, where did I see it? Is he 84? Um, and he has not been the performer for Big Bird for quite a while now because of the physical demands of being in the costume, but he has done the voice of Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch ever since the show started back in 1969. And I guess this week was his uh, last taping of the show doing the voices, and then next year will be the 50th season of Sesame Street, and that'll be the last time he is featured as the voice artist for Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch. Figured that was worth a mention. Um, that's all I got in terms of movie news. Did you have anything else that you saw somewhere? No. Okay. No. I, I'm not as hip to the movie news as you. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, I'm hip to be square, so. There you go. Do you like Huey Lewis in the news? Love Huey Lewis I'm not going to put down a tarp and murder you right now. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Have you seen American Psycho? No. Oh, okay. Then you, that reference is totally lost on you. Oh. Yeah. Right, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Because right after I ask you if you like Huey Lewis in the news, and I go, on a, kill me? I go on a tirade about whether which of his albums is better, and then I have to kill you with an axe. So if you like that sort of thing, go check out American Psycho. I will do that. All right. Very, very quickly before we jump into talking about our movie this time, this week in 88, let's go back in time to 1988, and this week in 88, the week of roughly October 15th to about the 21st, <coughs> excuse me, 
I have, I'm going to do my absolute best. I think the irony is we're talking about Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Dracula is going to be featured in the show. And I'm going to be doing a lot of coughing. Ba-dum-bum. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Abbott. <laughs> Tip your waitresses. You know. So, uh, yeah, there's that. Uh, I will try my best not to, and I will edit out as much as I can. Uh, but uh, I will apologize in advance for that. So, the week of October 15th through about the 21st in 1988, uh, our friend Jason Colvin, who is from Oklahoma, he will appreciate this, on October 15th, 1988, Oklahoma gained 768 rushing yards as a team in their game against Kansas State. And I believe that may still be the NCAA record. I kind of hope it is. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of crazy. That's impressive. So I know he's I know he's uh, Oklahoma. he's from Oklahoma. Impressive. Most impressive. Um, I know he's from Oklahoma. I know he's a big Oklahoma Sooners fan. I still appreciate him as a friend of the show, even though I'm a Texas fan. It's all fine. You know, bridges can be. You know, we can we can bridge the divide, and we can still be friends, and and it's all okay. We're all okay here. How are you? It's fine. Thanks. Good. Good. Boring conversation. Anyway, um, on October eighteenth. In 1988, the TV show Roseanne debuted. Ah, so... And oddly enough, today, (laughs) the new Roseanne show, Connors, debuted, and she's dead now. She's dead, Jim. (laughs) That was an interesting episode. I didn't watch it. and I I haven't watched any of the reboot. We used to watch that show. We used to watch Roseanne all the time. Gotcha. And we just never... Because we were busy watching other things, we never watched the, the new Roseanne reboot. I heard it was good, but just never... Went to go watch any of it yet. I think I was going to try to find it at some point later. Now I've just kind of lost interest. And I, I did hear that in the in the Connors uh, first episode, they do kind of reveal that uh, she has died. So. Yeah. And I heard that it was that it was done in a way that some people found weird, but some people were like, well, what else are you going to do? Mm. So. Uh, let's see what else we got. We've got, uh, oh, on October 19th, the U.S. Senate passes a bill to curb ads during children's TV shows. So, trying to avoid all of the commercials that you would get during your uh, Saturday morning cartoons and your other uh, TV programs. And then, uh, in the week ending October sixteenth, I guess it was at that point in '88, The Accused was the number one film at the box office. And for the week ending October twenty-third, Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers was the number one film at the box office. Um, on October fifteenth. 1988, the Billboard Top 100 number one song was Red Red Wine by UB40. Anything for '88? What were you doing in '88 this week? Going to what would that have been? Second grade? Sure. First grade? Something okay. like that. You don't remember that far back? No, not vividly. Okay. Not enough to, you know. I was at home washing my tights. <laughs> Sorry, that's next year. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome, Pat. <laughs> All right. Shall we jump on into uh, yes. our, our meeting with Frankenstein? Let's. Let's do it. 
So the movie this time around is Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. It came out on the 15th of June, 1948. Uh, it is not rated. It was one hour and 23 minutes. Directed by, I'm, I'm not even going to, normally if people die, mm -hmm. I usually say like, you know, this person, this person died this year. They all did. I'm looking at the list here and, uh, yeah, there's nobody on here that's still alive. So let's just say, you go ahead. They all did. <laughs> they, they all did. <laughs> I like the way you talk. Um... So, yeah, so they're all dead. They're all dead now here. Um, so we're just going to skip over that part. Directed by Charles Barton, who did The Shaggy Dog and A Man's World. I love The Shag Shaggy Dog. Me too. And that I have not watched that with the kids yet. Oh. I kind of feel like at some point that needs to be viewing. Yeah. Required viewing. Your kids are going to love that. On a, on a weekend at some point. Uh, producers for this one, Robert Arthur was a producer for New Moon and Buccaneers Girl. Writers for this one were Robert Lees, who did Hold That Ghost and The Invisible Woman. Uh, Frederick I. Rinaldo did Hold That Ghost and The Invisible Woman. And John Grant was another writer, did Abbott and Costello Meet Captain Kidd. Cinematography by Charles Van Anger, who did Sherlock Holmes Faces Death and the 1920 version of Last of the Mohicans. Music was done by Frank Skinner, who did Harvey and The House of Seven Gables. Budget on this one was 792000 um, give or take. And box office was $3.2 So I, it did pretty well. Yeah. Uh, Flick Metrics gives this an average of an 80. That tomato meter is an 88. The audience tomato meter is an 84. IMDb gives it a 76. Letterboxd gives it a 73. So average all those together, and you get an 80. Starring Bud Abbott, um, and I think everybody on this list is also dead. So Abbott! Yeah, they, they all dead. Uh, Bud Abbott plays Chick. He was in Hold That Ghost and In the Navy. Lou Costello played Wilbur. He was in Hold That Ghost and In the Navy. Lon Chaney Jr. played Lawrence Talbot. He was in The Wolfman and High Noon. Bella Lugosi played Dracula. He was in Dracula and The Black Cat. Glenn Strange played The Monster. He was in Gunsmoke and The Mad Monster. Lenore Aubert played Sandra Mornay. She was in The Wife of Monte Cristo. Jane Randolph played Joan Raymond. She was in Cat People from 1942, which I didn't know. I put this on Twitter the other day. I didn't know that the 1982 Cat, Cat People was a remake of an earlier movie. Didn't oh, know had yeah, no clue. yeah, yeah. Had no clue. And then I was like, well, it so can't you know be. what? I like, must it can't be a remake because I don't know that a 1942 movie would have dealt with the same. Because the whole issue of the 1982, yeah. have you seen it? It's been years, okay. but yeah. But it's like and they, I don't even know that I saw the whole thing. Yeah. Because they turn into the cat, like, turn into, like, big cats mm -hmm. whenever they are mm, aroused, shall mm. we say. And so I'm looking at that, I'm like, there's no way a 1942 movie is going to have the same concept to it that, like, these people turn into cats when that happens. And sure enough, I'm looking at it, I'm like, what? Oh, okay. Now it needs to be checked out. And apparently there was also Curse of the Cat People. There was a sequel done. So, needless to say, I have ordered copies of Cat People from 1942 and Curse of the Cat People. Mm -hmm. And uh, I will be watching and discovering if this is awesome or not. And I'll report back and let everybody know. Because okay. that kind of blew my mind. I bet. No idea it was a remake. Uh, Frank Ferguson played Mr. McDougal. He was in This Gun for Hire. And Vincent Price. Good evening. Played the voice of the Invisible Man, and he was in the Abominable Dr. Fibes. Count Dracula sleeps in this coffin, but rises every night at sunset. Chick is right. This is awful silly stuff. 
Come on, take it all out. The nation's top comics, Abbott and Costello, petrified, but hilariously. <laughs> Plus the dangerous and terrifying Wolfman, played by Lon Chaney. Plus that fiend out of a nightmare, the vampire Batman, Count Dracula, played by Bela Lugosi. Plus the most dreaded creature of them all, the Frankenstein monster, played by Glenn Strange. Plus a couple of luscious but designing females in the spookiest laugh fest on record. So before we jump into kind of talking about the story of the movie, um, one of the things I, I did, uh, as we always do, kind of jump on uh, Facebook and Twitter and all those places and see if we could get some feedback from some of our listeners and, and kind of what they enjoy about these movies. And, um, you know, this time with just other stuff going on, it was very much a last minute deal. Um, but our good friend Jason Colvin um, did reply to my Twitter thing right away. You know, if you ever want something replied to on Twitter, he, he gets it right away. So, um and uh, he did say, the thing I like most about Abbott and Costello, uh, the movie, is that Abbott and Costello were funny, but they didn't try to make the monsters funny. They were still scary, true to their characters. Frankenstein didn't step on a roller skate and fall down some stairs. That would have been too much, quote, Scooby-Doo. Um, and I, I, that's why I wanted to start off with, with his uh, tweet that he sent us, because I think that's perfect. I think that's one of the things I really like about this movie. I remember seeing it as a, as a little kid. I don't remember how old I was the first time, but I remember seeing this as a little kid and loving this movie. Still being terrified by the monsters, but loving this movie. because And, and I think that's why I still love it now, is that the monsters aren't goofy. Right. If the monsters were goofy... I don't know that I would still like it as an adult, but I think it sure. I think it I ages well for me because I can still look at that as you have the the monsters and they're staying true to form, and you've got Abbott and Costello. They're the funny guys and they're the ones that are reacting to everything that's going on around them. Which I think in a in a comedy is what it should be. Is you you've got the comedian and the world around them is serious and true, and yet they are the one that's bringing the comedy to it. I think if you have too many other people bring in the comedy, then it kind of messes with... And everybody else plays it straight. Right. And that's right. what has always worked. Right. So, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? Gosh, that's a really good question. I'm going to bet my dad showed it to me a long time ago because big Three Stooges fan, Abbott and Costello, I feel like I've seen most of the Abbott and Costellos I've seen with him. Um... So, but I remember seeing it relatively recently um, because I it was one of those, when I saw it on the list, I'm like, oh, is that the one I think it is? And sure enough, as soon as I started watching, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the, oh, yeah, this is about to, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it made me feel better because I knew, and I love it. I will, it's so great. Mm -hmm. Classic Abbott and Costello. It's a little weird because they're not, 
calling each other by their normal, like they actually played a right. character this time. Right. Um, but he's so fun. Mm-hmm. Just such a fun movie. And, you know, and when you think about it, you know, they got great people to do Dracula. And um, I think they tried to get somebody cool to do Frankenstein, too. Well, they, they tried to get Boris Karloff yeah. to do it, but he yeah. didn't. He, so I guess if you look at some of the posters and maybe in, in other advertising, you know, materials that they put out, it is Boris Karloff in those. Like he, he's like, I'll, I'll promote your movie. I don't want to be in your movie. Like, okay, fine. We'll do it that way. But otherwise, they got everybody. Like they got all the original people. They got Vincent Price to do the the voice of the Invisible Man at the end of the movie, which is such just such a great surprise at the end. There, mm-hmm. you got uh, Lon Chaney Jr. to to be the Wolfman. Right. Man. I mean, You've it's got, just perfect. And and to think about it, this is the only other movie other than 1931's Dracula. This is the only other movie that Bella Lugosi plays Dracula in. Right, which which still blows my mind because when I when I thought about that, I'm like, no, 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 no. He no, he was Dracula in a whole bunch of movies, and then as I kept thinking about it, I'm like, okay, well, no, in that one, no, somebody else is Dracula, no, okay, in that other one, somebody else is Dracula. Son of a monkey, he was only Dracula, so that like blew my mind. But but the fact that you've got him, right? When, when I think when a lot of people think Dracula, even if they think Christopher Lee or they think you know somebody else like that. I think just the image of what the classic Dracula looks yeah. like, you, at least that flashes in your head. Oh, Bella sure. Lugosi Dracula has to flash in your head as yeah. Death Dracula. You'd be, for excuse my French, plain old freaking dumb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love, and, and you kind of start off the movie, you get a sense that, it, and it's not, like a, it's not like a comedy story. It's an actual Honest to God, straight up, almost like a, a, a mystery type thing or an investigation type thing. Because you start off the movie with Lawrence Talbot, Lon Chaney Jr., mm-hmm. um, and he's making a phone call. He's trying to call them and warn them that the bodies of Dracula and the monster are being delivered in these crates. And, and obviously he turns into the wolf band and, mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of the phone call, so they don't necessarily believe. They thought they think it's a prank call. Um, and then just right from the beginning, you get the, kind of that classic... Abbott and Costello routine of the two of them, you know, playing off each other, doing the back and forth. And, and growing up, we were always a little bit more Three Stooges fans than we yeah. were Abbott and Costello. I would agree. I think we were, too. Not necessarily because we were bigger fans, I would say, but just because that's what I think Dad was. So that's what, right. you know, that's right. what we watched. I think there was more exposure to it. I mean, I remember, sure. you you know, like Saturday mornings or, or whenever, you'd, you'd put on the TV and on some channel somewhere, there was always a Three Stooges marathon going on. Or there were at least a, a couple of episodes back-to-back of the Three Stooges, whereas you didn't have a whole lot of Abbott and Costello being played. No. I think the Three Stooges having all those, all those shorts that they did is much easier for... Yes. TV channels to like play those in little blocks and. That being and said, that. I still remember like Abbott. Oh, yeah. Like you know, there are definitely things about them I remember. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So they as as we get into the movie, um, you know they they take the uh, they take the crates to the uh, to the McDougal's House of Horrors, <laughs> and uh, I just I and, love oh, that. I, I, that scene is just awesome. The phrase House of Horrors mm-hmm. is really hard for some people to say. Yeah. And it's also apparently really hard for me to listen to. Okay. I heard House of Horrors seven or eight times. Oh, okay. I'm like, wait a you minute. Gotta, you gotta really what movie am I watching? Enunciate that last R. 
right? Enunciate that last R. Otherwise, you get a, a Tom Selleck, um, Dolly Parton movie from the early 80s. Hey, now. Hey, now. It's the best little one in Texas. Um, not that movie. This is not but Abbott I thought they and Costello. in Texas. Uh, we're not going that far. Yep. <laughs> Safe right, bet. We, we could keep going, but... Um, but we shouldn't. But we shouldn't. No. So, yeah, so they, they take the stuff to McDougal's House of Horrors, and I, I, and I love that scene because he's... You have... You have Chick, who or Bud Abbott, who is the straight man. Right? Mm-hmm. The straight man of the two. He's like, nah, this whole monster thing is ridiculous. Shut up. Just you do your thing, you know, open the crates. And, and, you know, he walks off, and obviously you've got Wilbur, um, Lou Costello, who is a little bit more of the scaredy cat of the two of them. And he starts reading the thing of the legend of Dracula, and, and you get the, the coffin kind of opens up a little bit, and the hand kind of creeps out. And it was that kind of stuff that as a little kid, even though there were plenty of funny parts in this movie, it was stuff like that that I was like, Oh no! Like Dr- Dracula's actually going to get this guy. Like, look out! The thing behind you is, but it—it's Dracula. And it, I'm sure, as adults who probably had seen this many, many times, my parents were like, "Oh, this movie's hilarious." But as a kid, seeing it and, and in because right, I enjoyed the heck out of it. I oh mean, yeah, there was nothing yeah. scary about it. And I think that's one of the things that this movie does well is it balances the humor with the the horror. And you know, I, I almost even hesitate to call this a horror movie because it's but it's just not it's not scary in the way we think of scary right. now but um you know but i think it really does balance those aspects of the movie really really well and to jason's point that it doesn't you know you don't belittle the the, the weight the gravitas of the universal monsters by having them do silly stuff mm-hmm. um which i think is is really what helps this movie kind of kind of stand up even 70 years later um but I just, I love that scene and the whole thing of him, you know, is, is check, and he's like screaming. And, and when he finally comes in the room, you know, the crate is empty because Dracula has snuck out. Right. And he's like, but, but it was here and the thing and the hand and the. And of course, he can't explain himself very well. Right. So Chick's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And he wouldn't, I mean, he wouldn't believe him if he paid him to. Oh, yeah. No. It's just not, you know. Right. Um, so you get going a little bit further on with the story, and um, you find out that Dr. Sandra Mornay has uh, she has brought Dracula and the monster to her island castle. Um, she is a surgeon who has been studying uh, Victor Frankenstein's books and believes that she can switch out the monster's very kind of simple uh, brain with one that will make it a little bit more obedient, you know, a little bit more capable of following direction and, and things like that. Um, and so her plan is she has um, she has kind of befriended and, and seduced, if you will, uh, Wilbur, so Costello. Oh, Wilbur. <laughs> oh, Wilbur. So she is, the whole plot is that they want to switch out the monster's brain with somebody else's. And for some reason they've decided that they're choosing Wilbur's brain. He's Nobody ob- ever well, said. I always thought Dracula was smart. He's obviously the obedient one. Right. You know. Right. So. Um, and no one know, will miss him. It was either that, or it was either that, or Abby Normal. Right. <laughs> so either way. Um, so yeah. So they, uh, you know, she she brings them to the castle, and and uh, then you have 
Lawrence Talbot shows up, the Wolfman shows up, and he kind of is trying to get Chicken Wilbur to help him find and destroy them. Like, he knows everything that's going on. He's been tracking them from Europe, and, and he's trying to get rid of them. And then you end up, like, I, I just love that scene. You have a whole bunch of other stuff in between where you have, a um, you know, insurance. Joan uh, is the insurance company uh, employee, and you, you find that she's undercover, and she's seduced, or she's, like, trying to be Wilbur's date so that she can get in there, too. And, and, a, and the poor guy, like, none of these women are interested in him at all. They just want to use him to be able to, to do their job and, and get done whatever needs to get done. And then you kind of have the whole thing of um, when you get back to the castle, kind of at the end, and it's that whole thing of you know, like everybody's running into different rooms, and you run into this room, and two of the monsters are fighting each other. So they run into this other room, and all of a sudden the Wolfman is there. And then you run into this room, and the Frankenstein monster is there. And it's it's just kind of this back and forth of no matter where they go, which is very something amazing is happening on screen. You know, as a child, right. you're like, wait a minute, Dracula and Wolfman are fighting each other. Right, and this for is a very classic Abbott and Costello, mm-hmm. you know, crazy chase scene mm-hmm. and. I love the part when they go into the room and they shove the bed up against the door, and while they're holding it there, the the Frankenstein monster just opens the door the other way. Yeah. It, just, it opens out into the hallway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, and what's the other one? Oh, when he pulls the um, when he pulls the cloth off the table mm. and puts it over his face like he's Dracula, and he's back, yes. back, and then a chick is behind him, back, and all of a sudden he takes it off. He's like, he thinks I'm Dracula. He thinks <laughs> <I'm> Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. just I. This movie is, we don't watch it every year, and we haven't watched it yet this year with the kids, but it's like, um, you know, we watched it a couple of years ago, and it was something that I was like, I just, I want this to be like a, maybe like an every once, once every couple of years sure. viewing of this movie, because it's just, it's one of those that I remember watching pretty regularly growing up, um, and just, I, I think of it as being an October, a Halloween mm-hmm. um, movie that is just part of that, that regular rotation of, you know, and one I think that, you can watch with little kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's nothing, and it's not. It's not super spooky. It's not no. rough or raw. There's nothing. There's some of the innuendo type comments will go over their head, and that's right. just fine. And that's as it should be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is definitely perfect for stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so I mean, if you're looking for something to, if you've got younger kids and you're looking for stuff to watch during kind of this season, um, that's been kind of one of the challenges. Is you know, my son is now 11, and so he's old enough to see some other kind of scarier stuff, and he mm-hmm. wants to, like he wants to see some scarier stuff. But Nora is eight, and she doesn't want to see scarier stuff, and she tends to get nightmares if she watches the scary stuff, but she still wants to be, she still loves Halloween. Right. So she kind of, she, it's that back and forth of, well, I want to watch Halloween things because I like them and everybody mm-hmm. else in my family likes them, but um, I don't want to be scared. So sure. So what do you find? So that's been a bit of a challenge, but this is one of those movies that I think um, you, this is a good one to, to put on that would work for all age groups, mm-hmm. you know, adults and kids alike. So... Um, I will admit that I really have not, not enough that I could say which one I liked best. Um, do you have another Abbott and Costello movie Ooh. that you like? I know I've seen, I, I don't know that I've, I could say that I've seen one all the way through. Um, 
the I mean the only other thing that comes to mind is not even a movie. It's the whole who's on first routine. Yeah, I was yeah. See, I was gonna say the same thing. I was gonna say who's on first. Mm-hmm. I actually had a lot of fun with the little animated series in the '60s. Oh yeah, yeah. because it was short and quick and fun. Yeah, um, like me. Yeah. Go ahead. I, that's what I've heard anyway. Um, gosh. I paid those people not to talk to you. <laughs> Abbott and Costello meet the killer, Boris Karloff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is fun also. Yeah. But I think I, I think the who's on first in the animated series are like the first things I think of mm-hmm. when I think of Abbott and Costello. I have to dig a little deeper to come up with. Yeah. Go to Mars. God, it's been a long time since I saw that. <laughs> and, you know, Meet the Mummy was fun, too. Yeah, yeah. I remember bits and pieces of that yeah. one. I, this is the only one off the top of my head that I can think of, is I vividly remember yeah. every part of this movie. Oh, yeah. And, and the others, like, the, <laughs> all the other, like, Abbott and Costello meet somebody. Right. Never really quite recreated the magic that this one had. I'd agree. Yeah. yeah. And they were obviously, you know, they did really well with this one. Mm-hmm. And I think what this one did really well was the slightly different genre. You know, yes, it was a horror. It had Dracula and it had that genre. But it was also like multiple styles of movie kind of mm-hmm. all in one. And I think that was, that helped it. It's a mass appeal, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple things about this movie that I thought were kind of interesting was the the only time you ever see in the classic like Universal monster movies the only time you ever actually see Dracula transform um, from a bat into a man. Oh wow! You don't really ever see it, and it was actually animated by um, the I, I I don't have his name written down uh, Woody Woodpecker animator. Oh wow! Um, from that time, but yeah, it was the only time because it's kind I of did, a cartoon animation. Well, and I did think it was yeah. interesting. I don't know if you noticed, but the way they did it. I don't know if everyone else is actually a still shot mm-hmm. or if the actors just stood that still. But it definitely goes, you know, they're moving, they're moving, they're moving. Everybody stops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it goes back. Yeah. Very cool. Um, Movie magic. So are there quotes? And that's going to be a tough one for the, That's like asking, what's your favorite one or two quotes from a Monty Python movie? Um, what are your, yeah. are there any quotes in this one? I just, I jumped onto the IMDb page and I just, I started looking at the list and I'm like, oh, that yeah, one's so good. good. And that one's good. And that, uh, well, but classic Abbott and Costello. Mm-hmm. I know there's no such person as Dracula. Yeah. You know that, you know there's no such person as Dracula. But does Dracula know it? Yeah. <laughs> like that, that kind of stuff is just too good. Well, that's going to cost you overtime because I'm a union it. man and I only work 16 hours a day. A union man only works eight hours a day. I belong to two unions. <laughs> uh-huh. It's just—it's so good. Mm-hmm. You still want your exhibits? Of course I do. Here comes one of them now. I mean, <laughs> the delivery, that, that Abbott and Costello delivery is mm-hmm. just so good. People pay McDougal cash to come in here and get scared. I'm cheating him. I get scared for nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know that person you said there's no such person? I think he's in there, in person. I was reading the sign over here, Dracula's Legend. All of a sudden I heard, that's the wind. It should get oiled. (laughs) Oh, man. Love this movie. So good. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so I think that's that's going to be it for... yeah, oh, I mean, like, like I said before, the, the kind of twist at the end. I mean, you have this climactic battle between all the different monsters, which was awesome. That was kind yeah. of like, you know, makes your little kid heart go pitter-patter. It does. Um, it's kind of like watching the, what was the Godzilla one? Uh, 
destroy all monsters or, or call oh, them. Oh, um, it destroy all monsters, king of monsters. Something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. you're in the It's kind of like that. It's like watching one of those movies. It's yeah. a little bit like Infinity War. Sure. Like that's that's like yes. the early version of Infinity War. It's like all of we my favorites are in We have now drawn a parallel <laughs> from Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Frank, Frankenstein. Frankenstein, okay. exactly. To Marvel's Infinity War. Mm-hmm. That, uh, Jeff, in, you'd be proud. They're in the same universe. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's the logical conclusion. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't see the problem. Yeah. Um, so, yes. So, I, I, that to me, I mean, that's kind of like... When you go back and you see movies like this, that it's kind of that same feeling. So, like, if if you're a younger person that's listening to this podcast and you're like, oh, I don't know this Abbott and Costello thing, I don't I don't get the appeal. Where it's kind of like, is... well, yeah, it's kind of like the getting excited over. Oh man, all my favorite heroes are all together in Infinity War. Well, take that, and if you enjoyed the old monster movies of like the Mummy and the you know the the creature from the Black Lagoon and Dracula and Frankenstein and the Invisible Man and Wolfman Frankenstein, and the, Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, if you enjoy all those it's that same kind of feeling of having this climactic battle at the end where the monster and Dracula and the Wolfman are fighting each other and then and just I remember as a kid I loved that ending where they're in the boat. And they're like, ah, we got away, we're safe. And I was like, allow me to introduce myself. I'm the invisible man. <laughs> yeah. And they dive <laughs> out of the boat. And <laughs> I'm like, that's perfect. That is absolutely perfect. So, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for Abbott and Costello. So um, Abbott and Costello, 70 years old this year. Uh, if you have not seen it before, go check it out. It is, um, I think at this point, you know what? I think the copy that I found of it is actually on like the Internet Archive website. Oh, right on. I think maybe, that would make I don't sense. know if it's in the public domain yet or, or what. But, 70, it um, might be. It might be. So wherever I found it, it was just like publicly available. And I think it's actually on YouTube. You know, the whole movie's on YouTube there too. So um, it's not hard to find. Uh, I think it's probably a $5 DVD purchase at, at Target or somewhere like that too. But um, the one thing I've really liked using, and if anybody else has another one, uh, please feel free to, to let us know, is I've been using that Letterboxd website a mm. lot to like track my movies and other stuff. Um, one of the things I've really been using that for lately is I like the feature they have where you can click on Go Watch It or, mm-hmm. or Where to Watch It, and it tells me it's on Prime, it's on Netflix, it's on this service, it's on uh, Tubi.tv. It's on... So like some of these movies, I've been like, you know what, I don't... I don't necessarily want to pay for a copy. Is this on? Right. I already have Netflix. I already have Amazon Prime. I might have a trial and, to Hulu. And you would think, can like, I go with find all this these services? We would have these movies. Right. It is really hard to find. We are in a weird niche. This podcast we're doing mm-hmm. in thirty years. I don't know how it's possible, but less than half the movies are on these platforms. Oh yeah, yeah. It's so weird because you, you think, oh, it's got to be, no. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. The, the yeah. public library has saved my bacon several times. I bet. In trying to find these movies. But, yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this time. Um, next time around, we are... Oh, you know what? No, no, no. Hold on. Before we do that. Holding on. Hold on. Hold That Ghost was another movie that they did, but that's not what I'm trying to say here. Um, if you were to rate this movie, so we're going to give this movie a rating, mm-hmm. uh, a rating out of five brains, out of five Wilbur, Wilbur brains... Which may be, you know, in the exchange rate, maybe more or less than one normal brain. I, don't I was know. just gonna um, ask: Are we sure with Wilbur brains mm-hmm. more is better? I, I don't know because this could be a golf score. I don't know. Gosh. Let's just say five brains. All right, I'm gonna okay. say four brains. Four brains. 
Okay. It's, I mean, obviously it's old old effects and things mm-hmm. like that, and it's silly, but it is fun. It is something everybody should see. It, it's fantastic. Yeah. I also give it a four. Um, it is pretty much everything you just said. Like, it is the, it's the first example of a kid that I can remember where multiple universes of things that I loved came together. Mm-hmm. That it was funny. It had the Wolfman, it had Dracula, it had Frankenstein, the Invisible Man, like all that stuff coming together in one movie. Frankenstein coming together in one movie. Um, and just, there's a lot of, I, I can't separate the nostalgia being a kid and watching this over and over and over again every year with my family from this movie. So for me, the whole question of does it age well, I don't know. But I still love it. And if I can still love it from childhood until now as an adult then I figure it kind of holds up, at least for me. So so i got to give this one a four again. Um, you know, there there are there are a couple times here and there where, uh, you know, some of the pacing is like, okay, well, we can hurry this scene up a little bit. But for the most part, it moves at a pretty pretty good click. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and again, I think this would be one that you could watch with anybody. Like, no matter what yeah. the age group is, it's pretty safe to watch with anybody. Um, the monsters are not scary by today's standards. No, um, no, so. it's... Yeah, I don't even know how to say it except to say that. They're not. Right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein episode. Um, Next up, we are going to... Next week is They Live. They Live. They Live. Mm. Yeah. What a... Wow. I had not seen that movie in its entirety. I had only seen clips on YouTube. When had you seen bits of it? On YouTube. That, was there was a weird. because there was a podcast I listened to one time, and one of their like intro uh, movie quotes that they had was, "I have come here to chew bubble gum," and you know that whole thing. Oh, and, okay, and yeah. I was and I was like, "Where I had is heard, that from?" I had heard that before as <clears throat> yeah. well, and that was a few years ago, and I was like, "Where is that from?" Mm, that sounds like fun. That was quite. <clears throat> it's and quite so the like, film. I need to go find this. And then kind of in looking at other... And then you found it. And then I found it. And looking at other John Carpenter stuff, I was like, oh, sure. cool, Let's we'll check this out. Um, so next time is They Live, and then in a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing Return of the Living Dead 2 and Night of the Living Dead, the original from 1968, which is hitting its 50th anniversary this year. So um, if you want to find out more about the show, go to our website, 30podcast.com. We're on all the socials. We've got a voicemail line that you can call in. Um, don't worry, you're not interrupting our dinner if you call. It goes straight to the voicemail. Uh, it's 872 that you think people worry about ruining people's dinner anymore. I Probably not. I mean, That's cute. But, I mean, you know, it concerns me. Well, I get it's... I get upset when people call me during dinner. and, and, oh, and, and I, I know. Give, I give I'm the telemarketers a hard time. Trying to, you know, trying to figure out if anyone else in America thinks about that anymore. Probably not. I do. I care. You do. Mm-hmm. You're okay. a caring man. All right. Uh, before the love fest starts, we're going to go ahead and get going here. But uh, come back here next time for uh, They Live, our they next episode. Live. And uh, Bo, will you be here next time? I will. I'm glad you'll be here next time. I will. Okay. All right. So thank you, Bo. Thank you, John. And we will see all of you back here next time. Be excellent to each other and go watch some scary movies. <laughs>